We are in our sixth installment of our series called Trials. Uh, we've been looking through the second half of the book of Acts. We've been really following the lives of Peter and Paul and their missionary teams as they have been going and serving the Lord in all of the region, really at the beginning of this church that uh, the Lord came to start these people that he would call his own. And uh, we're finding that uh, these missionaries have dealt with trials, have had difficulties. And, um, you know, we've taken a look at a, a message about Peter's escape from prison. Uh, Pastor Daryl entitled that prison break. Um, we took a look at when Paul was in the towns of Lystra and he was stoned, literally left for dead. And uh, he had the uh, strength as he uh, was raised up and walked back into the city and continued on in this missionary journey. Um, we talked about the, dis the dispute between the Gentiles and the Jews and the Jews accepting whether or not this news was for the Gentiles. Um, we've talked about uh, a time when Paul and Silas were in prison. Um, they had just been beaten with many stripes and then they began to worship at, at midnight um, while they were in the stocks and the Lord delivered them and there was a baptism and it was pretty amazing. And last week we talked about this concept um, that helps us walk into trials with a different mindset, an I am second mindset, and how critical it is that, that as we endure trials that we take on this mindset that Jesus is first and we are second. Um, and that, that helps us in, in all of our trials, really. Well, we when we were looking at last week's message, everyone around Paul was saying, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. Um, there's only trouble that waits you. You're going to die there. And Paul says, I know I'm going to die there. Um, he had this I am second mindset and he is marching his way um, to Jerusalem. Well, at the end of Acts chapter 21, we find that he has made it to Jerusalem. And what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be looking at um, his time in Jerusalem. And we're going to be looking at the trial of being misunderstood. Um, we all have had moments in our lives when we have been misunderstood. Circumstances have changed. Our motives have been examined um, and been misconstrued. Um, we have endured the trials that come from misunderstanding. Misunderstanding can lead to all kinds of problems. It can lead to broken relationships, some for the rest of your life. Um, it can lead to people getting in trouble maybe for something they didn't do or did do. Um, it, it, misunderstanding can create quite the trial situation in our lives. And what we find here in Acts 21, 22, and 23 is Paul dealing with a lot of misunderstanding. And I want for us to um, look at, as we look at his misunderstandings in Jerusalem, I want for us to learn some things about the misunderstandings that you and I um, deal with in our own lives. Um, the first observation we're going to notice is sometimes we get caught in misunderstandings about circumstances. Um, we get caught in the misunderstanding revolving the circumstances. Um, let's read what happened here to Paul. Acts 21, we're going to read verses 37 through 39 when it says, Then as Paul was about to be led into the barracks, um, he said to the commander, um, let me just give you a little background. He's made it Jerusalem. He's had about a week long of ministry. Now the crowd is against 
missed him. And here he is. He's in the barracks and he is, um, you know, kind of under scrutiny here. So uh, let me start again. Then as Paul was about to be led into the barracks, he said to the commander, may I speak to you? He replied, can you speak Greek? Are you not the Egyptian who some time ago stirred up a rebellion and led the 4,000 assassins out into the wilderness? But Paul, but Paul said, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no uh, mean city, and I implore you, permit me to speak to the people. I've never even noticed this passage of scripture before. But here we find that Paul is on trial and the guard here, and I assume maybe several others have been, been talking about that, that assuming Paul was a completely different person, that he was some Egyptian who had stirred up a problem in the past to a well-known criminal or rebel, and they assume that was Paul. Paul was um, under scrutiny here with an assumption that he was someone else. Um, you maybe have dealt with something like that too, where, you know, in fact, I just reminded of a, uh, a time, uh, my cousins, um, who we lived right near one another, um, we all got our driver's license about the same time, and my uh, cousins were really into some hot rod cars, they had some, you know, a lot of muscle to them, and they loved to go fast. And I'm not saying I didn't like to go fast, but I had this car that couldn't go fast. And um, they would get in trouble and they were gotten kind of well known by the police, those Barth boys up on the hill, watch out for them. Well, they had built a reputation. Well, one time I'm driving down the road um, up near the house and I was going too fast and I get pulled over and the cop comes up and he um, oh, one of the Barth boys. And like, and so he slapped me with a ticket, no warning, no nothing. And come to find out, he thought I was one of the other Barth boys. And I got in trouble circumstantially um, when I maybe didn't quite deserve the strength of the ticket that I got. Well, in Acts 22, verse 1 and 2, um, Paul goes on to say, brethren and fathers, hear my defense before you now. And when they heard that he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent. You see, um, these, this crowd who was against Paul was really surprised to hear him speak in a different language. They too had, had viewed him in a wrong way, had viewed him um, to be someone that he wasn't, uh, and which had led to this, um, you know, this hatred toward him. So here we find Paul, both the crowd thought he was someone different, the commander, the those who are have him under trial thought he was someone different. They finally had someone and it wasn't even the right person. Sometimes misunderstandings is a simple effect of the rumor mill. Um, we have a favorite movie that we watch every Thanksgiving time. Um, we start putting our Christmas tree up and we put on this old classic movie. It's a Doris Day movie called By the Light of the Silvery Moon. Um, you may or may not have seen it, but there's a great little clip in there because uh, the dad in the movie, George Whitfield, had been um, thought of, assumed to have had an affair with the actress that was in town visiting. And it was a complete untruth, but the rumor mill started and that Let's take a look at this clip that really uh, shows how a rumor can get going. Can't see. He left at 11.30. The telegram would be delivered to him when the train reached Muncie at 3 o'clock. Now, if he gets the westbound train, it'll get him back here in Milburn at 7.15. That's fine. Uh, Where's your lunch, Homer? 
Thanks, Toby. You better keep your message down to ten words, son. Ten words? Uh, maybe I can help you. You just tell me what you want to say. Well, it's kind of a secret. Oh, all telegrams are confidential. Well, Bill left town because he thought a love letter that Marjorie gave me to Burton was from Chester Finley. No, it wasn't. It was a letter that Father was sending to that actress lady, Miss LaRue. I never would have believed it of George Winfield. I'd believe it about any man. Your poor mother. Well, she doesn't know. But Marjorie and Bill were supposed to get married. I'll write the telegram for you, son. And remember, Toby, company business is confidential, strictly confidential. And if this gets out, I'll know where it came from. Did you hear the news? That George Winfield is running around with that actress. So anyway, he said and she said kind of stuff can really go nuts and can put people in some really bad situations. And, uh, you know, when it comes to rumors, none of us like to think that we're a part of the rumor mill, that none of us are a part of passing on false information and misunderstanding. But we really got to take a look at ourselves and the guilt that we probably all play sometimes in letting our mouth run a little bit too far and it hurts other people, causes misunderstanding, um, and can really become a problem because this, people form their opinions very quickly based on what they perceive. And so if they've heard some juicy rumor, if they've heard something that's, uh, um, you know, wonderful to pass on and it, and it keeps them in a positive light and someone else in a negative light, all that stuff can really form problems and misunderstanding. Oftentimes opinions are formed without all the facts. Boy, isn't that true? Sometimes perception and opinions are formed without all the facts. And I have found multiple times that communicating in written form, which is so popular today, it's so easy to communicate with a text or an email, that and, and we can just like try to take care of things. Uh, some of us will use writing instead of face-to-face -face communication because um, it feels safer, it feels less threatening. Those of us who don't want to confront somebody on something, we do it in writing. And I have seen written communication fall so flat, create such uh, misunderstanding. Um, it can be really challenging. In fact, just last week, I had a problem with this. Um, um, same cousins, the Barth cousins, we're putting together a little Christmas party um, that's going to happen next month. And we were, um, you know, kind of trying to decide where it would be. And I had very, very jokingly, pure of heart, had made a joke that, well, if it can't be at so-and-so's house, then you won't be able to see my beautiful bald head, is what I said. Well, I was really like, you know absolutely joking. It really made no big deal where, if, if or where this party would happen, but it was misunderstood as a, as a threat. And um, written form, if you're joking, can really um, 
you know, come across wrong. And why is that? Well, in the English language, the average English word has a, a, a um, up to 3.5 different meanings on average, each English word. And so when you've got words meaning different things, um, you can have um, conversation and communication go haywire really quickly just because someone reads it one way and it was intended a completely different way. Um, and it can be really challenging. So what do we do when we are caught in the middle of misunderstanding um, and that's really circumstantial and isn't true, um, or even if it is true, is probably blown out of proportion. Um, how do we deal with that when we are stuck in um, misunderstanding? Well, first, I want to encourage you to try to take a step back and see the situation from the other person's perspective. If you would just take that one step and say, okay, I've got my perspective pretty firmly in my mind and heart, well, what's their perspective? What could they possibly have seen or heard perceived to be true and try to see it from their perspective? That will help you move forward. Um, maybe you need to bounce the circumstance off a trusted and wise friend and say, here's a situation I'm in. I'm in the middle of a misunderstanding. Here's what I know to be true. Here's what I understand. Can you help me see it from another person's perspective? And when you go to do that, make sure you're doing it with a wise and trusted friend, not with someone who's just going to like only see it from your perspective and get behind you with all the ammo you can uh, muster, but rather someone who will indeed lend you the other person's perspective in the situation. And then once you've got maybe their perspective, attempt to clear it up. Attempt to make things clear. In fact, we find that in what Paul did. You know, he said, hey, I'm not this, you know, Egyptian rebel, um, but rather I'm from you know, I'm from Sicily. I'm, I've got this in my life and I'm a Jew and all of this kind of stuff. And he cleared things up. He attempted to make it clear. And when he did make it clear, he was given the opportunity to speak. And that's when he spoke in a language that everyone says, oh man, this is a different person than we thought. So try to clear things up. Um, Next, when we're caught in a, um, a misunderstanding, what's another thing um, or another reason why we can? Well, th well, this is a little bit difficult, more difficult than when you're caught in a misunderstanding about the circumstances. Sometimes you're caught in misunderstanding about your motives. When your motives are called into question, when your heart or your character is called into question, that really can become difficult to even process yourself push past your hurt emotions to try to get things figured out. But um, Paul indeed was questioned for his motives. Um, he sh and so in Acts 22, we find that Paul shares his whole testimony. He's been given this chance to speak. The crowd is silent. They're listening to him. He talks about how he was on the road to Damascus. Remember back in Acts chapter 9, how Jesus showed up. He, you know, he couldn't see anymore. Ananias was there who prayed for him. Um, he received Christ and he was a changed man. He shared all of this and it ends with this statement. 
that he is now called to the Gentiles. Remember, the people that have been outside of um, the Jewish culture, outside of the Jewish faith, and consequently in the minds of the Jewish people, outside of God's favor. And Paul said that I am called to take this message to the Gentiles. Well, this was not received well. In fact, let's pick it up. It says, um, verse uh, 22 through 24, it says, And they listened to him until this word. I'm called to the Gentiles. And they then raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he is not fit to live. Then as they cried out and tore off their clothes and threw the dust in the air, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said that he should be examined under scourging so that he might know why they shouted so against him. <laughs> wow, what a scene. So, uh, you know, Paul gets up there and he's you know speaking and he talks about how he's called to the Gentiles. Well, these Jewish people in Jerusalem were not having any of that. And all of a sudden his character, his motives is completely brought into question. They are angry. They tear their clothes. And so the commander says, well, I've got to get to the bottom of this. And the only way to get to the bottom of this is to beat it out of him. So he says, you, Paul, um, I don't know who you think you are. I don't know who these people think you are, but we've got to get to the bottom of this. And the only way to get you to talk is to beat it out of you. So he orders him to be examined under scourging. What are the real motives? What is your mission? Have you ever had your motives questioned? Have you ever had where someone attacked your character? It's highly offensive, isn't it? It's offensive when someone decides that I don't trust you. I don't trust your character. I don't trust that your motives are pure. I don't believe that you might have my best interest at heart. And when that happens, things can really get challenging. Um, we really can struggle. That's quite a trial, a trial of misunderstanding when your character is under attack. So what's the proper response when you are in a misunderstanding and your motives and your character is challenged? First of all, buy yourself some time. Take some time and process the thing because it's so quickly when we feel hurt or wounded and we've been attacked that we respond out of emotion and we say things that we don't want to say. We say things that do not help the cause and it does not help the misunderstanding. And so we actually even find here, now we're about to read what Paul does when he is now threatened to talk under scourging, he buys himself some time. Now, he was pretty desperate, a desperate moment for sure. Let's read verse 25, and it says, As they abound him with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the commander, saying, Take care what you do, for this man is a Roman. Then the commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman? And he said, Yes. The commander answered, With a large sum I obtained the citizenship. And Paul said, But I was born a citizen. Then immediately those who were about to examine or scourge him withdrew from him, and the commander was also afraid after he found out that he was a Roman and because he had bound him. So, in this situation, Paul's citizenship saved him or bought him some time from this examination or the scourging that he was about to endure. He bought himself some time by speaking out and intervening in that moment. Now, if you get the time, 
Or if you take the time when you have felt attacked, when you have felt like um, your character is in question, I want to encourage you to use the time wisely. If you get the time to take a breather, to take a step back, use that time wisely. Check your own motives. Why are you uh, upset so dearly? Why have you been hurt? Why does this bother you so much? Pray. Get back with that same trusted and wise friend who will tell you the truth, who will speak um, wisely into your life. And then this is a very important step. Not only do you pray that you get the right heart and the right mind, not only do you invite a friend to tell you, give you the right perspective in the situation, but then legitimately pray for the person who is offended by you and now consequently you're offended by them misunderstanding about who you are is going on. Hurt emotions are there. If you will take the very critical step to pray for them, pray for the good of them, pray that God would help them and bless them and give them um, his perspective. That will really help when you finally get the opportunity to meet face to face and talk. Again, don't try to clear things up with texting. Go and have a conversation so that nothing is lost in the conversation, so that the emotions are understood, so you can clarify things um, that might get misunderstood even in the middle of the conversation. Now, Paul was able to ob obtain the opportunity to talk things out a bit with those who were questioning Paul's motive. In fact, let's read in verse 30. It says, the next day, because he wanted to know for certain why he was accused by the Jews, this is the commander, he released him from his bonds and commanded the chief priests and all the council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. So he was able to get out of this scourging and this commander was intrigued at this point and he said, okay, we're going to have a meeting and we're going to let you share your perspective and who you are and this message to the entire Sanhedrin. Now the Sanhedrin are these Jewish leaders made up of a couple different groups. One group is called the Sadducees and one group is called the Pharisees. And, um, and we're going to find here that there's an, another misunderstanding that will take place between these two groups because sometimes the misunderstandings we're in aren't about circumstances and they aren't about um, you know, questioning your motive and your character. But sometimes the misunderstandings is two different groups of people. And you get caught in the middle. You get caught in the in the in the discussion, in the dialogue, in the in the friction between two other groups of people. Have you ever been caught in between the the, the friction of two other groups? You feel like you're an innocent <laughs> innocent standby, and all of a sudden you're entangled in their mess. Um, well, Paul gets the opportunity to speak to the Sanhedrin that's made up of these Pharisees and Sadducees. Acts 23, verse 6. Let's read. But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead that I'm being judged. And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For Sadducees say there that there is no resurrection and no angel or spirit, but the Pharisees confess them both. Then there arose a loud outcry, and the scribes of the Pharisee, Pharisees' party arose and protested, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God." 
Now, when there arose a great dissension, the commander, fearing lest Paul might be pulled to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him into the barracks. Now, in this situation, Paul made a declaration and he probably knew that as he declared that he had this faith in the resurrection, he had a faith in the spirit realm, he was a spiritually minded person. Well, he, he gained favor with the Pharisees, Pharisees because they believed in all those things. And the Sadducees resist those things. And so immediately there's a dissension and there's an issue between these two groups. Um, he kind of stirred up a hornet's nest and diverted the attention away from himself for a short while. Now, I don't know about the godliness or rightness that Paul had in bringing about the problems between these two groups of people. Nevertheless, it happened. Nevertheless, it did work in some ways. And Paul was able to find some favor with the crowd and was able to gain the ability to speak into it. Have you ever been caught in the middle of another person's misunderstandings or two other people's misunderstandings? Well, what do you do with a misunderstanding like that when you're sitting there caught in the middle between two different you know, forces that are against one another? First of all, I want to encourage you as a Christ follower to stay out of drama. It, it, stay out of the gossip. Stay, stay out of the drama. You do not need to lend your humor. You do not need to lend your, um, you know, your wisecracks about it. You do not need to throw gas on the fire, but rather stay out of the drama. Second, seek out peace between the parties. It is our responsibility as believers to seek out peace so that people can actually hear the good news. Whenever emotions are high, whenever um, hatred is involved, whenever people are against one another, they do not hear a word you say. There is no point in getting mixed up in controversy that are amped up with emotion. It is our responsibility as believers to defuse the situation. And I know right now we live in a society that's pretty hot under the collar. There's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of dissension. Uh, you know, as a pastor in a church, I myself am navigating people's high opinions on differing side of a lot of issues. And it is my job as a believer, not only as a pastor, but to bring people together so that one another can hear the truth, so that we can find God's heart and God's mind on matters. In fact, Romans 12, 18 says, says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. This is our responsibility as believers. And my friends, if we will live peaceably with all men, as far as it depends on us, I love that there's a lot of disclaimers there. Because there's a lot that doesn't depend on us. Things do get amped. There are wars and, and there are people, you know, bickering with each other. And we sometimes get caught in misunderstanding situations. But friends, it's our job to do what we can to be the Holy Spirit in a situation. And whenever we can help bring peace and calm, that does open up hearts and open up minds. And we can get to God's truth in the middle. Can a person support and love both warring parties? Is it possible for you in that situation to say, I see your perspective, I see your perspective, to love them both, to support them both? I believe it is. I believe that that's the way God would call us to be. That is, the, that is the high calling of a believer is to help people 
hear God's voice. And that comes through helping things brought, be brought down and that hearts can be opened up. I think you can support two people who are fighting with each other. Romans 13.8 says this, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for who loves another has fulfilled the law. You see, when we operate in this way, when we, when we can show support and love for two people who are fighting and bickering about something, um, when we can you know, not get on their sides, but rather stay there in the middle, love them both, we are fulfilling God's law to love, to love them both. So this is a high calling for believers to love, even in the middle of misunderstanding, even if you are the one getting blasted. Now that, that's really difficult. When you feel like all the arrows are against you, when you feel like you're caught in circumstances or your motives are being um, you know, torn apart or you're watching these two groups that are, that are going against each other and somehow they both turn on you, this is difficult stuff. But if we can somehow pick through the, the issues, Find God's heart, take some time, get God's perspective, and speak in wisdom. We will be fulfilling this law, this requirement of God to love one another. Through this entire trial, Paul was in the middle um, of trial after trial after trial, misunderstanding after misunderstanding. He just kept stepping into it. And uh, finally, he is sent off because they cannot get to the bottom and there's too much warring going on that they send him off to the town north of them, Caesarea, up on the coast. And next week, we're going to pick up on another aspect of trials as Paul sits in the middle of delay. Boy, I mean, we can have trials of misunderstanding, which are very difficult and they're around us constantly. But one of the bigger trials that you and I are face is the trial of delay. When you feel like things are delayed in your life. And we're going to find that Paul goes through that trial in a pretty, um, pretty extreme way in Caesarea. So... Let's pray. And I want to encourage you to take a look at what misunderstanding are you in the middle of right now? Where, where, where are you missing? Where, where are people judging you? Where do people have inaccurate information? What, what inaccurate information are you operating with? What misunderstanding do you have going on in your life? Can we take this to the Lord? Father, um, misunderstandings surround us. They're, we can't help it almost, Lord. Um, we step into these situations where misunderstanding um, rules, where things are said that shouldn't get said, where emotions are ramped up. Lord, we say the wrong things sometimes. Um, sometimes our motives are impure. Lord, all of these things are true. But Lord God, we pray that in the middle of our misunderstandings, that we will somehow find your mind, find your heart, and that we will respond appropriately and accordingly. I pray, God, that you would help us to seek out the peace um, in every circumstance, in every situation, so that you might be heard, so that your voice would become the loudest. Because, Lord, when man misunderstanding is going on, it's so easy for the enemy's voice to get loud. And Lord God, I pray that you would help my brothers and sisters in Christ who are praying with me now to be able to let your voice become the loudest in every misunderstanding we find ourselves in. In Jesus' name, amen.